Blog Talk Radio.
fast the truth Wrap the billets, you stand You are the weed that pull it, grow back Now the strings upon my heart, but you know that Cause you pull them, yes, you pull them, feel like right out Cause you never felt comfortable with silence Yes, you pull them, yes, you pull them, feel like bite down On the lies that you built from my doubt I don't want money, I don't want cars I just wanna be free and to keep it 100, all these scars so what make me, me? And I'll drink to that, if you'll lift the glass In the hopes that one day will be, see something different The glimpse is that the devil let us see So raise your eyes To crimson skies Lay down your Disguise Embrace Your design I don't know much About love or trust Cause I only know about us And we were never good Resentment was plentiful So hard destruction was inevitable And this ain't the thing that you return to This the type of thing That made me curse you the Type of thing that made me not care if I hurt you Not care cause damn it I
And we're back. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio, and I'm your host, Sandra London of LiveAndGrind.com. You just heard Be Free by Elephant Funeral, uh, Skango by uh, Volponich, Stray Bullet by PEG and The Rejected, and Mundo Ausente by Los Sundayers. Yes, the call in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And, okay, I think it was maybe two episodes ago, I believe, something like that, um, where I was like, I'm trying to remember something. It was cool, but I can't promise whether it was cool or not. I remember now. (laughs) I went bowling. Yay! Uh, Yeah. That was fun, although I did very poorly at it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I've played better in the past, but I'm gonna say I'm rusty. I'm rusty on the bowling now, but it was fun. I had a good time. Um, the next sign up is uh, I was just thinking about what it's gonna be and now. If he's going, then let's see. All right, hold on. Let's do. Uh, ooh, yeah, an artist, the, the artist that began tonight's show, a different song or piece of music from that artist, uh, and it will be here soon, one second. There you go. Okay. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but I'll call it Xiaoyu or Xiaoyu, X-I-A for the first word, Y-U for the second. But it's pretty. I think you'll like it. I hope you like it. Check it out.
Yeah. Real shit, uh. Durham nigga to the death for me. Giving my all to work and have whatever's left for me. Don't get involved, especially where they wave them texts like referees on community college. I kick knowledge with novelties. Understand my plan is sufficient. Couple niggas got subtracted. Part of the reason you seeing all the division. Do the math. You pay whole, I got it half. Bitches stand when he passed. I found stairs and came up fast. Saw that draw in my eyes, it's now pain. First they took Rio, then Nana was slain. What the fuck's really up? Niggas can't even hang without triggers banging. I'm sick, shit, quiet singing that sad song. Imagine you gotta walk around with that chrome, even at home. Cause niggas will kill you at home. Trying to find a light at the end of the tunnel. Before your blessings come, your whole life will crumble. And that's faith as I take a step back. I wonder will I break or get things intact? There's things in my life I wanna say in my rap. But when you live in tribe, you don't gotta speak on that. Focus on the positive. Make sure that I'm checked the positive. Real shit, we acknowledge it. Dropped out of college, this rap shit was promising. But this music business been lack of my interest. From now on, it's fuck you, I'm just acting so different. Keep your mouth closed, I'm like, fuck your opinions, the joke's on you. Nigga, I'm just passing the riddles. Little dudes with your crews like shoes. <laughs> nice kicks. Tape after tape, I done dropped like six. I take you to the source, they should buy Mike this. Lil Henny, me and Rennie reminisce Looked in her eyes, she was proud of a nigga Stayed down, she was tough but never doubted me, nigga When I was faced with defeat and rose to my feet Bitter taste of failure made victory sweet Look, that shit I mail you don't come cheap Risking everything every week Just to maintain my style of champagne Coach K gave me game Mama's only boy about to watch the sun rain Pops just proud as little nigga done things Thought my time was never coming Bought a pair of J's Told my nigga that we run it Nothing to be said Let's talk unless you've done it Y'all won awards War ready if you're gunning Fuck bitches All we do is fuck bitches When I'm done fucking bitches Tell my nigga that I'm coming Two years I done lost two homies Three months apart What the fuck you want from me Long live Rio With my nigga Nando And your name stay fly Till my flight is cancelled You can see the hunger in my eyes dog. You can hear the hunger in my lines, bruh. All we got is Krenak and this rap shit. Couple dope lines and the ad lib. Yeah, we floss hard, cause we ain't had shit. Money getting money, that's the force of habit. Mama named a boy, baby boy, cash this. And God brought him back, like Lazarus. I'm a similar nigga, big beard, high fade. You remember me, nigga? Tell a coward shoot me down, just a memory, nigga. Hope my niggas hold me down, don't forgive me, my nigga. My nigga. Why the soldiers follow orders? Sheep led to the slaughter. Leave niggas wet up, not a single drop of water. The wolves do the chasing, Rubio can't assist you. Nope, don't got a rose, still drove to the venue. Still made the playoffs, my game might offend you. Get thrown in the pen, cause I stabbed him with a pencil. Ain't no love lost when he died, they wanna bend you. Eventually forget you, the world kinda tends to. Fucked around and I gave my all Left my pride in the booth, took my faith on tour Thought I won a couple battles, think I lost the war When success leaves your pace, it's hard to take Setbacks, had to sit back, reevaluate This is low work to wait, pay my soul to take What if I wait and never get what I deserve? Shit, that's life, eh, another day, another verse 
had to persevere fighting the urge to quit, commit my energy to her. This on how life was supposed to occur. My list was make, make money to splurge. My life, my game, throw balls in the curb. The mic was my lane and hit it out the park. Enticed with the fame, but better is a start. So with this, I proclaim I'm better off than y'all. Yeah. Yeah. October 18-something or other, London. London was startled by a crime of singular ferocity and rendered all the more notable by the high position of the victim. The details were few and startling. A maidservant living alone in a house not far from the river had gone upstairs to bed about 11. Although a fog rolled over the city in the small hours, the early part of the night was cloudless and the lane, which the maid's window overlooked, was brilliantly lit by the full moon. It seems she was romantically given, for she sat down upon her box, which stood immediately under the window, and fell into a dream of musing. Never, she used to say, with dreaming tears, when she narrated that experience, never had she felt more at peace with all men or thought more kindly of the world. And as she so sat, she became aware of an aged, beautiful gentleman with white hair drawing near around along the lane. And advancing to meet him, another and very small gentleman to whom at first she paid less attention. When they had come within speech, which was just under the maid's eyes, the older man bowed and accosted the other with a very pretty manner of politeness. It did not seem as if the subject of his address were of great importance. Indeed, from his pointing, it sometimes appeared as if he were only inquiring his way. But the moon shone on his face as he spoke, and the girl was pleased to watch it. It seemed to breathe such an innocent and old-world kindness of disposition. It was something high, too, as of a well-founded self-content. Presently, her eye wandered to the other, and she was surprised to recognize in him a certain Mr. Hyde who had once visited her master and for whom she had conceived a dislike. He had in his hand a heavy cane with which he was trifling, but he never he answered never a word and seemed to listen with an ill-contained impatience. 
and then, all of a sudden, he broke out in a great flame of anger, stamping with his foot, brandishing the cane, and carrying on, as the maid described it, like a madman. The old gentleman took a step back with the air of one very much surprised and a trifle hurt, and at that Mr. Hyde broke out of all bounds and clubbed him to the earth. And next moment, with ape-like fury, he was trampling his victim underfoot and hailing down a storm of blows under which the bones were audibly shattered and the body jumped upon the roadway. At the horror of these sights and sounds, the maid fainted. It was two o'clock when she came to herself and called for the police. The murderer was gone long ago, but there lay his victim in the middle of the lane, incredibly mangled. The stick with which the deed had been done, although it was of some rare and very tough and heavy wood, had broken in the middle under the stress of this insensate cruelty. And one splintered half had rolled in the neighboring gutter. The other, without doubt, had been carried away by the murderer. A purse and gold watch were found upon the victim, but no cards or papers, except a sealed and stamped envelope, which he had been probably carrying to the post, and which bore the name and address of Mr. Edgerton. This was brought to the lawyer the next morning, before he was out of bed, and he had no sooner seen it and been told the circumstances than he shot out a solemn lip. I shall say nothing till I have seen the body, said he. This may be very serious. Have the kindness to wait while I dress. And with the same grave countenance, he hurried through his breakfast and drove to the police station whether the body had whither the body had been carried. As soon as he came into the cell, he nodded. Yes, said he, I recognize him. I'm very sorry to say that this is Sir Danvers Carew. Good God, sir, exclaimed the officer, is it possible? And the next moment, his eye lighted up with professional ambition. This will make a deal of noise, he said. And perhaps you can help us to the man? And he briefly narrated what the maid had seen and showed the broken stick. Mr. Utterson had already already quailed at the name of Hyde, but when the stick was laid before him, he could doubt no longer. Broken and battered as it was, he recognized it for one that he had himself presented many years before to Henry Jekyll. Is this Mr. Hyde, a person of small stature, he inquired, particularly small and particularly wicked-looking, is what the maid calls him, said the officer. Mr. Ederson reflected and then raised his, raising his head. If you come with me in my cab, he said, I think I can take you to his house. It was by this time about nine in the morning, and the first fog of the season. A great chocolate-colored pall lowered over heaven, but the wind was continually charging and routing these embattled vapors, so that as the cab crawled from street to street, Mr. Utterson beheld a marvelous number of degrees and hues of twilight, for here it would be dark like the back end of evening, 
and there would be a glow of a rich, lurid brown, like the light of some strange conflagration. And here, for a moment, the fog would be quite broken up, and a haggard shaft of daylight would glance in between the swirling wreaths. The dismal quarter of Soho, seen under these changing glimpses, with its muddy waves and slatternly passengers, and its lamps, which had never been extinguished or had been kindled afresh to combat this mournful reinvasion of darkness, seemed, in the lawyer's eyes, like a district of some city in a nightmare. The thoughts of his mind, besides, were of the gloomiest dye. And when he glanced at the companion of his drive, he was conscious of some touch of that terror of the law and the law's officers, which may at times assail the most honest. As the cab drew upon, up before the address indicated, the fog lifted a little and showed him a dingy street, a gin palace, a low French eating house, a shop for the retail of penny numbers and two penny salads, many ragged children huddled in the doorways, and many women of many different nationalities passing out, key in hand, to have a morning glass. And the next moment, the fog settled down again upon that part, as brown as umber, and cut him off from his blackguardly surroundings. This was the home of Henry Deckel's favorite, of the man who is heir to a quarter of a million sterling. An ivory-faced and silvery-haired old woman opened the door. She had an evil face, smoothed by hypocrisy, but her manners were excellent. Yes, she said. This was Mr. Hyde's, but he was not at home. He had been in that night very late. He had gone away again in less than an hour. There was nothing strange in that. His habits were very irregular, and he was often absent. For instance, it was nearly two months since she had seen him till yesterday. Very well, then. We wish to see his rooms, said the lawyer, and when the woman began to declare it was impossible, I had better tell you who this person is, he added. This is Inspector Newcomen of Scotland Yard. A flash of odious joy appeared upon the woman's face. Ah, said she, he's in trouble. What has he done? Mr. Ederson and the inspector ex exchanged glances. He don't seem a very popular character, observed the latter. And now, my good woman, just let me and this gentleman have a look about us. In the whole extent of the house, which but for the old woman remained in otherwise empty, Mr. Hyde had only used a couple of rooms, but these were furnished with luxury and good taste. A closet was filled with wine, the plate was of silver, the napery elegant, a good picture hung upon the walls, a gift, as Utterson supposed, from Henry Jekyll, who is much of a connoisseur, and the carpets were of many plies and agreeable in color. At this moment, however, the rooms bore every mark of having been recently and hurriedly ransacked. Clothes lay about the floor with their pockets inside out. Lockfast drawers stood open, and on the hearth, there lay a pile of gray ashes, as though many papers had been burned. From these embers, the inspector disinterred the butt of a green checkbook, which had resisted the action of the fire. 
the other half of the stick was found behind the door. And as this clinched his suspicions, the officer declared himself delighted. A visit to the bank, where several thousand pounds were found to be lying to the murderer's credit, completed his gratification. You may depend upon it, sir, he told Mr. Ederson. I have him in my hand. He must have lost. He must have lost his head, or he never would have left a stick, or above all, burned the checkbook. Why, money's life to the man. We have nothing to do but wait for him at the bank and get out the hand bills. This last, however, was not so easy of accomplishment, for Mr. Hyde had numbered few familiars. Even the master of the servant maid had only seen him twice. His family could nowhere be traced. He had never been photographed, and the few who, who could describe him differed widely, as common observers will. Only on one point were they agreed, and that was the haunting sense of unexpressed deformity with which the fugitive impressed his beholders.
and we're back. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio, and I'm your host, Sandra London of LivingGrind.com. You just heard VIU by by Frog, Soothing Magnesium by Dr. Dove, Tears of Joy by Slipper Baby, Camp Song by Fantastic Swimmers, uh, Chapter Four: A Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson, recorded by yours truly, Sandra London of LookingGrind.com, and Night Owl by Broke for Free. The call in number is eight five eight eight one five two three three three. Once again, eight five eight eight one five two three three three. And let's see, I may do a live reading. I was reading through our well, leafing through a couple of different uh, books on one of my shelves, and there's a cute little one that has, like, just these tales about goats. I love goats. <laughs> I think I've mentioned that before. I don't know. But, yeah, hopefully someday I have some, you know, place with a huge yard, backyard. I want some goats, <laughs> two llamas, a rooster, uh, my puppy, Kafka. <laughs> you gotta hang in there, buddy. Kafka. <laughs> and yeah, land. I want a farm. Anyways, I will give you uh, another song while I leaf through and see if I want to read that one tonight. If not, maybe I'll choose another, but I don't want to tease it and then not do it because that would be like really rude. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, next song will be. Yeah. Alright, let's see. Let's see if it. Saved. Um, we will do. Oh, it did. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Le Jazz by Badaboom. And we'll be right back with you.
Um, well, sit down and we can talk about that because I think you might have won, but I'm not sure. I think that was the preliminary uh, interview. Okay. So, what's your name? Well, me, myself personally, I'm Sandra London. Right, but I wasn't talking about you personally. I was talking about your, you know, those those things. Can you be more precise? Well, that one there, no. that one there. And that one there. Or oh, they both have the same name. Mip and Mop. Mip and Mop. Yes. Okay. So yes. actually, I'm I'm not here to interview interview you, Sandra London. I'm here to interview Mip and Mop. I pity that. Okay. Well. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. So you can just you don't mind hanging out while I interview them, do you? I certainly shall not. Okay. Good. Because you know. So Mip. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Mip. I think. I, I think that you're amazing, as as is on, and hello, Mop. How are you doing? Hi, I know we're amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, what's it? <laughs> that's right, uh, very active. Woo! <laughs> so what's it like? Um, the, what's it like? What's it like hanging out with Sandra London? You know, she's alright, but you know, we we keep her up late for good calls, good reason, because we're more fun. Oh, I see. We like to be more sociable. I see. We like to get out and about. So sometimes, like, you like to get about and she just wants to sleep or hang out or do nothing. So something boring. boring. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. 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 Well, how, 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 do you, how do you guys get out and about? Oh, we, we bust our shirts and sweaters and sleeves. And oh, yeah. Like, you know, boulevards and back alleys and what you call them. So this is, what was your name again? That's Mip. Can I speak to? I'm gonna speak to Mop. This is a question for Mop. I'm Mop. Mop, do, do, do you have a boyfriend? Oh, I have plenty. You do? It depends on the day of the week. Oh, so you have multiple boyfriends. Mm -hmm. Which days in a while? Well, who is who has more boyfriends, Mip or Mop? Every day that ends in a while, I've got a boyfriend. Yeah, but who has more boyfriends, Mip, you or your your Mop? Well, me, I have all the boys. Oh, okay. Me, I have all the girls. All the girls. That's interesting. Um. So you're both having fun, that is. Totally. Huh. You are a very bright young man. Yeah, I am. Um, so what, do you have a special cause that you, you both, because, uh, uh, you know, um, I heard that you we were in. We firmly believe in the prostate. Firmly? Firmly believe <laughs> in the prostate, and we believe in tickling it because it is delightful. Uh -huh. And we also believe it promotes and stimulates good health and good living. To tickle it and fondle uh, it with our pointiness. So, um, so that's why you set up that charity fund for for tickling prostates. Yes, it's free prostate tickling day every day. Every 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 day. Every day. Wow, is and so is the, do both you, Mip, and Mop work on it, or just all three of us? You know, all three of you. Oh, she, she sometimes she's sleeping, but right. We do double duty because we're double D's. Therefore, right. you know. We do double shifts sometimes. So she can sleep, she can be fine, close her eyes, close her mouth, close her legs, mm -hmm. and we will do the rest. And so that, that involves tickling a prostate? Yes, just for examination purposes. Sure. And it's, it's delightful. The men love it, the men love it, and, you know, they come every year, every day. Well, that that's great. Um, do you ever feel like um, sometimes Sandra... Gets too much attention, then you're not getting enough attention. 
driving force behind her even to be able to stand up every day. I mean, look at us. Well, we are actually, huge. Okay. Well, I can't really quite see. To even be able to stand her right now, uh-huh. to be able to see her. Well, it's kind of hard to see because you, you're, you're... Like, we propel her. Uh-huh. We are her motivated design forces. So, so basically, you're her, you're her muse in a way. She is our mule. <laughs> she's your mule. In a way. Wow, that's amazing. So she's your mule. And we, but we love her music better. <laughs> <laughs> you love her music? Mostly. Wow, that's that's a uh, that's a mule, huh? I mean, kind. Of, she's she's quite delightful though. Lovely girl.
anywhere without even bothering fast boots, her head, and a stanchion. She was affectionate as well and would call to him when she saw him weeding among the rows of vegetables in the garden. And sometimes she would jump about in the pen and bleat just to attract his attention. She grew fat and her black coat barely glistened from the daily brushing. Still, Pop failed to notice or would not admit he owned a remarkable little goat. Once, Daisy accidentally unfastened the gate of her pen and she was enjoying the cabbage and green carrot tops when he saw her and chased her out of the garden. But she tried to make up to him for destroying the plants by being very good. Six uneventful months passed, and then one day, Pop took sick with the gout and could not move in bed. For almost three days, the goat had no fresh feed or grain and had not been milked. The water in the big bucket had gone down until it was empty, and the alfalfa in the manger had vanished to the last leaf. Daisy constantly watched the house for Pop to come out to do the chores. And when he did not come in all this time, she made up her mind to find out what was detaining him. She pushed against the gate, tried unsuccessfully to unhook it. Then, becoming angry, she butted it until the gate fell open. In the house, on the first day of illness, Pop had got out of bed and managed to open the back door before he slipped down and had to crawl to bed. Three days, he had listened to Daisy's heart-rendering bleats. He began to feel sorry for her, remembering she had had no care. And when she had stopped crying, he wondered if she had died. She was so awfully quiet. And then he heard a swift crash, and Daisy pushed through the doorway. With a glad bleat, she raced to his bedside. You dang it, little goat, Pop was scolding her. He was twisting her whiskers and blinking. You open the gate again. Daisy seemed to understand. She explored around and found some bread on the table. An enameled cup fell off and rolled over the floor to the bed. Pop leaned down and grasped it. When Daisy came back from some more pets, he managed to milk her. It was his first sustaining meal since he became ill. He felt so much better, he was soon able to get up and hobble about. From that day, Daisy stared on the fat of the land. Pop would not give her up now. He actually reproved his boy for remarking that since Daisy was looking so fine, he might be able to get a fancy price for her. Let Daisy go away from him? <laughs> Never. The end. <laughs> that was the goat he spurned, um, one of the short stories and little bit tales uh, written by Genevieve McClellan. Bueno. I'm going to do a song, let's see, let's do The Secret Garden by Barbaric.
And we're back. <clears throat> You're listening to Playtime Sandra Radio. And I'm your host, Sandra London at LivingGrind.com. You just heard The Secret Garden by Barbarics. We're coming to the close of this evening's episode. Um, I'm sorry there couldn't be more trivia and info on St. Patrick's Day, but um, I think you all can utilize your resources for that. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed the lead-in song, our song, and a couple other songs that were inspired by today. <laughs> they are. Um, and next weekend, uh, next Sunday, is my birthday. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yay! Alrighty. So I will chat with you all next week. Uh, and until then, uh, sweet dreams. Have a great week. Um, drive carefully uh, and be kind to one another. One another. Well, um, Now that's better, baby. Why don't we sing a song to help pass the time? Hmm? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Down the stream, merrily, 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 merrily.
белых ягод поляна Заброшенный двор, грандиозные планы И выстрел в упор Не увидишь заранее, что ждет впереди Это страшная тайна, решает другие Океанов изменит, как загнанный зверь Жизнь кому-то изменит, закрытая дверь